Hey there, friends. I've got something special for you today. I recently had the opportunity to be on the Lowdown podcast. It's a podcast hosted by Sigma Kappa, which is a sorority in the U.S. It was one that I was part of uh, for four years. And in my senior year, I had the opportunity to be the president. And, you know, it was a great learning and leadership opportunity for me. And they invited me on the show to talk about interview prep. Now, all of the interview podcast episodes that I've done on this show are the by far, you know, by landslide, the most listened to shows. And in this episode um, on their podcast, we go over a lot of stuff. And I thought it'd be really, really beneficial and helpful if we if I shared it with you and strip the audio. And so uh, the two gals um, that interviewed me is Alexandra Green. She's the director of digital communication for Sigma Kappa and Sarah Goodwin. And she is the social and digital media specialist. This episode is chock full of content. I mean, it's like rapid fire. So if you're interviewing, if you're even thinking about interviewing, if you've interviewed last week and you want to reflect on that, you're going to get massive value out of this show. And, you know, after you listen, if you do find any of it at all helpful, uh, you know, leave a review for the show that helps more people find this. And in turn, you know, we can we can help elevate people as they go in and head into a new job and and express themselves and their value, because um, that can be nerve wracking. So sit back, relax, enjoy and uh, let me know what you think on Instagram at Hello Justness. There's always going to be those, yeah, freaky questions. Like, if you were a type of ice cream, what would you be? I think what they're looking for here isn't a certain question. It's how you how you react. What you know when you get thrown off. You're listening to the Lowdown, a podcast recorded at Sigma Kappa National Headquarters by Alex Green and Sarah Goodwin. We'll focus on topics like health, wellness, fraternity and sorority community, higher education, and life skills that women need in all stages of their lives. We'll also feature stories from inspiring, empowering, and ambitious Sigma Kappas. Tune in every other week for a new episode to help drive your personal growth forward. Welcome back to the Lowdown Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Alex. And today we are joined by Jessica Smith, who is an author, podcaster, career coach, and community builder based in San Jose, California. Welcome, Jessica. Thanks for having me. So today we are going to talk about all things interview prep, which is a great time because right now people are going through the interview process or thinking about it. So we'll talk about preparing the who, what, and why of interviews, preparing physically and mentally. So let's just go. Let's start about how to prepare for who you will be meeting with. Yes, this is a big one. Many times, you know, I was a tech recruiter for five years prior and, you know, hearing people's experience going through many different interviews, it's shocking the amount of times that people actually don't know who they're going to be meeting with. So first step would just be to, to clarify with the recruiter or the HR rep or whoever's coordinating these interviews to get a list of those people. So you use LinkedIn to look up their names. And part of, I think, what gets lost sometimes in interviews is the human connection. Mm -hmm. Never underestimate you know, you are talking to another human being. And so part of what's great about looking them up on LinkedIn is not only to see their background and what maybe 
you know, tasks or things they have listed on their current position, but where they went to school, what sorority they were in, what clubs they were part of. Maybe they have volunteer opportunities listed. Those are all things that you can enhance throughout the interview process. And, and you can showcase that you looked them up even in the beginning, like, Hey, Mr. Manager, like I, I had a look at your, your profile and I saw that you volunteer for, you know, code, code.org for girls. Like, that's awesome. I had, if you have a personal tie to something on their, on their interview or on their um, LinkedIn, you can, you can help build that connection right off the bat. I like that tip. And that makes me feel better because usually when I've gone to interviews in the past, I've looked them up on LinkedIn and LinkedIn always tells you that so-and-so viewed your profile. And it makes me a little bit self-conscious that they're like, oh, she's looking at my profile and stuff. But I mean, I feel like it just shows that you're trying to be well-prepared. Well, when Sarah interviewed here, she was the only one that connected with um, myself and then our senior before the interview. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's connect. Let's do this. I'm ready. <laughs> like, it just, it really showed that she was very interested. But I agree with Sarah that they, that you know, you see like, oh, Sarah Goodwin just looked at your profile. Like, is that, I guess that's not weird then. Totally. You know, to that point, I, after I graduated from Chico State, I moved to New Zealand for two years oh and part of, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Shout out to my Kiwis out there. <laughs> oh, country. Yes. yes. I, and part of my final project for my, um, bachelor's degree was to do an internship. And I thought, you know, I was very involved in my sorority throughout, throughout school. I was part of Orient, you know, the, orientation, um, team. And so there was just a lot of things that, that didn't allow me to study abroad. So I thought, why not do my internship in another country? And so New Zealand was on my radar. And so, um, I was reaching out to a lot of different people. Um, when I, when I, in my senior year on LinkedIn and trying to do all of that. And I came across, um, a company and I inter- I literally emailed every single person at the company. It was like a team of like 10. Once they hired me, they said to each other, or they, they said to me, you know, one of the reasons we, we noticed you was you just kept messaging all of us. And it was like, <laughs> oh, is, is that American girl messaging you? Yeah, me too. And so it was another way to get noticed in, you know, think of how many emails people get, like yeah, think of how much is coming at us every day through messages and, you know, in person with kids and families and, you know, all these different things. Um, you know, it's okay to be persistent. And I think put yourself out there, even if it feels like, you know, uncomfortable or new or might feel even pushy, like keep going for sure. Let's move on to preparing the what. So how to prepare answers to questions, the art of showcasing your value, your interests and skills for that specific job that you're interviewing for. Yeah, this is kind of the meat, right, of the interview. And this is the one that everyone gets most nervous about. Like, how? what if they ask me a question I don't know? What if I don't have direct experience to this role? If you're graduating newly from, from college, chances are you're not going to have the direct experience in a role because you've been in school the last, you know, four right. or five years. So this is a big one. And I think it causes a lot of anxiety for people. Mm-hmm. And so I have a very different approach for answering questions and preparing yourself for that. So when you get the job description, you are going to look at the job description and and kind of what I call read between the lines. And the way that you can do that is, you know, every job description I've read thousands of job descriptions from my tech recruiting days. 
and my career coaching days. And one of the big things is like, there's a lot of fluff in it. There's a lot of like, you know, to communicate well, to collect, you know, it's like, those are all good. Yeah. Soft skills, right? You want to read it all the way through as if you're reading just a normal document. Then ask yourself, what person, what type of person, what skills, what, in other words, competencies would someone successful in this role need to have? And then you start listing those out. So you're kind of drawing out the skills, the in-between the lines of that job description. And then the next step would be when in my experience, whether it be through a sorority, a club, a sports team, a volunteer opportunity, even heck at home with the family, you know, you need skills to grow up too. You know, all these areas, where have I expressed and done well in those skills? And what that does is it connects the dots for the person that you're interviewing with. Mm -hmm. And so rather than going in there with anxiety, thinking about, I've never ran, you know, I've never worked in a marketing agency. You can say, okay, what skills would it take to be successful in that marketing agency? Attention to detail, clear communication, uh, prioritization, and then talking on those points. And, and that's really key. Like we can't rely on the interviewer to connect the dots for us because mm-hmm. some people just don't do that. That's just the, that's just the reality. And some people, it may be their first time interviewing someone ever. So, you know, we don't know all of those behind the scenes, you know, aspects that are showing up in the interview, but it's really important for you to be prepared. And I really like suggesting for people to bullet point these out, do two to three really detailed examples of those skills of a time where you've expressed the skills that you've pulled out from that job description. And then the, the bullet points allow you to memorize it a little bit easier. And then here's what the bullet points include. So the first one's going to be the situation. You know, what situation did you express that skill? Next is the task at hand. And this is going to sound like um, the STAR method, but it's mine's slightly different because I'm all about um, showcasing the who you are, not just the what you did. So first you've got the situation, then you've got the task at hand, not the team's task, your specific role within that task, because there's so many team collaboration opportunities. You know, what was your specific role within that greater um, group? And then what, what was the specific action that you took What people did you have to involve? What research did you have to do? Um, What thought process did you go into it? Why did you choose some of the things that you did? That will also showcase how you work, which is really important too, Mm -hmm. because that'll paint a greater picture for the interviewer. Like, this is what it would be like working with this person. And then you want to go through the result. So what was the result? And then the final one, and this one's really great because not anyone, most people don't include this, but what did you learn from that experience about yourself? That reflection part is really The reflection part. And it's, you know, that curiosity, having curiosity is one of the top skills that, that employers look for because it's not something you can teach. It's not something that, you know, they, they don't have a class on curiosity in school. And if they do, I'd love to hear about it because maybe <laughs> I'll take it online. Yeah. But it's just, you know, it's, it's a skill that people develop through life experience. So that is kind of, I know it's jam-packed and we can unpack yeah. any of these areas, but that's my methodology for really helping people prepare with, through, with interviews, regardless of if they've got direct experience or not. I would like to kind of like unpack it a little bit to give like an example. So they're asking, 
Oh gosh, what is a question they asked during an interview that I've asked? It's a uh, show us a time when you know you struggled with a project um, and how you overcame that. So you're going to be answering this. So you're going to start off with what? How would this? How would you tell this story to cover all four of these topics? Sure. So, so even this is kind of a micro version. This is a great question. A micro version of doing the same process that you would with an entire job description, but that particular question. So maybe you do a quick Google search on top interview questions and you pull out the ones that intimidate you the most. Like say this one was on mm -hmm. the list and you're like, I have no idea. <laughs> Take that question and you'd say, what skills would I need to successfully work through a problem? Maybe I need to involve um, collaboration methods. Maybe I need to research you know, what the problem is. Maybe I need to go through the business and ask different questions. Maybe I need to be methodical about it and create a plan and document that plan. Maybe I need to present something. And so those are all like you know, skills that it takes to work through a problem. And then you can speak to those skills from previous experience. That makes sense. Yeah. And I like the way that you broke that down, like had to have had worked at a marketing agency or something like that. And maybe you don't have that direct experience, but like you have the skills that would have taken to be at a marketing agency because there's been that statistic. I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but women are less likely to apply to a job if they don't meet all of the qualifications, mm -hmm. whereas a man doesn't. Like they'll apply for any job, whether they meet 50% of the qualifications. And I think that really can be helpful to women to say, okay, I might not have yes. this exact qualification, but I have the skills that would have been needed for that particular position. Great point. That's something that many companies are looking at right now. And you may find some, it, some companies are changing the structure of their job descriptions mm -hmm. based on that statistic, mm -hmm. because especially, you know, I live in the Silicon Valley. So it's like, you know, the a hot topic is how do we get women in tech more? And so what we've done is, um, changing the job description to having an, it's what we're calling an impact job description. So rather than just, you know, here, here it is, here's the skills you need, because it will hinder some women from applying based on, you know, right. we'll only apply if we have a hundred percent of that list. Yeah. And so, and men are like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I can, you know, I can do it. You know, so that it's, it's a mindset thing, but one of the things that you can do and is it may not be in the job description is asking what does success look like at 30 days? What does success look like at 60 and then 90? Mm -hmm. And if you can ask that question before you go into the interview, into the in-person, because there's many steps nowadays. Mm -hmm. Usually there's a phone screen, two on-sites, a tour. Sometimes there's a lunch. It's like, let's get, it's like yeah. dating, right? It's like, just <laughs> hire me, let's go. But it's, it's important for you to ask those questions because you are interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing mm -hmm. you. And you are, your time and your skills are valuable. And so part of it is, being able to ask the tough questions, even if they're uncomfortable. And so one of the other things too, that I have on my website in my career success hub, it's a free online resource hub for people. We'll have that link and, on the show notes page. Yeah. Oh, great. There's a list of the top 10 questions that you can ask in order to provide, you can showcase your value through asking questions. And that's part of it. Like what does success look like? And so you'll see some job descriptions have, 30, 60, 90 day in that. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit newer. Not every company has it, but it's something to look for, for sure. 
What would you say to those people who are worried about getting the really freaky questions of like, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? This was a question for like the leadership, cons- or it was what emoji. I oh, remember because yeah. I applied to be a leadership a- consultant for Sigma Kappa and they asked me that and I was like, I was thrown. I didn't know you applied for that. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't remember. I have no idea, but I did not give a good answer. <laughs> I was not invited for the in-person interview, but I was not expecting it. There's always going to be those, yeah, freaky questions. Like, if you were a type of ice cream, what would you be? <laughs> I think what they're looking for here isn't a certain question. It's how you how you react. What you know when you get thrown off. Like, mm-hmm. what, what's your reaction? Do you keep your cool? Do you laugh? Do you have a lighthearted approach to it? Um, it's okay to pause too. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's another one. Like, you know, you feel like you got to answer right away or, you know, the answer is automatically wrong to say, you know what, that's so, that's an interesting question. Let me think about that for a second, like buy yeah. yourself some time. Um, or, you know, Oh gosh, this is so fun. Like, this is another reason why I'm so interested in this position, right? You can just say yeah. mm-hmm. like, this is something I look for, like a lighthearted approach, um, to work and, and just be yourself. I mean, I know it sounds real, you know, cliche. And, and, you know, sometimes we hear that so much. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but truly like there is no right answer for that. Just, um, just express, express something that comes to mind and, and have an, you know, just kind of a lighthearted approach to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do people go about researching the company that they are about to interview with? How far do they go? How much do they need to know? I feel like when I was Younger, I did no research. I mean, I went in and they were like, what do you know about our company? And I was like, you, well, you have this open position that I have applied for, and this is the company name, and oh, that's about... You're the about, opposite of me. I, like, I was younger. all the website. Like, yeah, no, page. she really did. She really did. She was very, very prepared. But when I was... And I would definitely today if I were to apply somewhere, but, I mean, five years ago, no, I wasn't, I wasn't at that spot. Yeah, I think it's important because it is very competitive. I mean, there's no shortage. It's kind of twofold, right? There's no shortage of jobs right now. So if you're graduating from university, if you are looking to switch industries, if you are 15 years in your career, or if you're a mom trying to come back to work, like the ball is in your court. So just let that sink in for a second. Like Mm -hmm. it's, and it's, I think twofold because you want to do your research because again, you are worthy of a really awesome job. And so doing your research not only helps you prepare for that question of what do you know about our company, but it also prepares you in knowing, is this actually worth your time? Mm -hmm. Because when I was interviewing last, I went through this, you know, I I personally love interviewing. I love it. Like if I could interview every day, I would. I just... (laughs) I just, I know it's really weird, but I just like, I think that's where like my public speaking interest comes into play. I just really like, I really like expressing, I don't know, expressing myself Mm -hmm. in that way. And so I went, I applied to 30 places. I, and I used my career coaching, um, methodologies to see, like, let me put this into work and see what, what happens. I got invited back to 11 places. Of those 11 places, I went, I did seven phone screens. I got invited back all to seven phone screens. I took four because at that point I'm doing more research. I'm looking mm-hmm. at a little bit more about, you know, I'm going on LinkedIn. I'm looking at like how they're structured. Like you can, you can kind of start from a high level and I'll give you examples of what pages yeah. I think would be great to look at from those four, got invited back to all four, went to two on sites and got two offers. And so part of it was like, 
I didn't say yes to every single one. Yeah. Like, and it's, and it's a mindset like that scarcity mindset. Like this may be the only four that I ever get, you know, it's like, it's okay to take your time throughout the process and really, I don't know, make a decision because you know, they're going to want you just as much as, as, and you may not want them as much. Right. So the first, the first couple pages, if you're doing like an initial phone screen is the about us page. Like that's pretty given, (laughs) right? There's usually a culture page. Another page I really suggest is their career site. You may have gone, obviously you've gone on that career site to apply, but look to see what other positions are open. Mm -hmm. Because if there's say, say I'm interviewing for a marketing Marketing's my example today, I guess. <laughs> Say you're interviewing for like a, mar- a social media, you know, community manager. Are they hiring a chief marketing officer? Are they hiring a VP of marketing? That's going to give you an idea of is are the le- is the leadership in place? Like, would the training, yeah. would the support be in place? So all of these are little clues that you can kind of look through a different lens to help you navigate. Once you go in there, one of your questions for them could be, and they will always ask you what questions you have for us. Yes. And based on how much you know about the company, even if you've read the about page and what questions you have for them, those are two key areas that are going to showcase to them your interest in the role. So mm-hmm. this is a really good question that you guys ask because... If you're going to do research, know at least what they do, their one-liner, and maybe their care, their core values. That's really important too, because that'll showcase the types of people they hire and what they mm-hmm. look for from a character base, but also um, their careers page around just understanding what you're walking into from like a team perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. I would never think to go in and look like, oh, they don't have a manager. They don't have a director. They don't have anything's in place. And that makes such a huge difference when yeah. your entire team is new or your director is new. That's that's completely different than going into a very um, set-in-place team, which I feel like that has pros and cons, but we won't even go there. So let's pre- do the preparing the why, and that's preparing for the tell me about yourself question and showcasing your interest in the role and company. We'll touch on it a little bit, but let's just dig a little bit deeper into that. Yeah, I actually, I have a really, and I'll, I'll give you the short version of this because I have a whole podcast on my career coaching podcast. That's like, mm-hmm. it's about 45 to an hour and it goes over this exact, you know, question and yep. it gives examples. But what I recommend is creating two five, two versions of five minute elevators uh, speeches. One is a professional version and one is a personal version. And with this broad question, if we unpack why they're asking it, it's for a number of reasons. One, it's really easy. You know, it's a real easy, you know, start off the bat, especially if they're newer to interviewing. It's like, well, tell me about yourself. Like it's probably, it's probably the most common. Two, it's so broad that it gives them clues as to what matters to you. Because if it's so broad like this, whatever you pick is going to showcase to them a lot of here's, here's what matters to her because she could have gone any way, any which way. And so creating the two five minute elevator speeches helps you prepare for it. And, and you can also ask them a question back, like, great. Like I love, I love this question. Is there a particular time period you want me to focus on? Like, would you like me to focus more professionally or personally? And having those two versions can help you, yeah. you know, navigate that question. And what's key here is explaining 
what is your career story? And career meaning any type of work. It doesn't have to be paid work. School is work. <laughs> you know, it's like 40 hours of school, basically. <laughs> Managing all the extracurriculars and in-person classes. You know, typically you take five to six classes, right? 15 units a semester if you're on quarters. You know, good luck. I never knew how people did quarters. It seems so fast. But, um, but having, you know, having the ability to explain your path of here's not only here's what I did. I went here, here, here. This is why I chose this major, whatever, but explain the why. Like if you left a job, um, explain, explain the why. And that, and it all leads back to why you're in the seat talking to them about the Mm -hmm. role. And so if you can share a little bit about that and then say, yep. And that's what led me to applying to this job. And that's what makes me really excited about this next step in the journey, you know, and, and just having, and I know that's kind of a, it's not too, too descriptive, but it's about explaining your career story on where you started and how you got to talking to that person in the interview. We've talked before about having an elevator pitch, but it was more about networking, but I like the idea of preparing that in advance, uh, or in advance. So, because I feel like, again, I've, I've been at this job for six years. And so I, you know, I haven't interviewed in a long time. Um, I think I came in and they asked me that and I was like, let's start at the beginning when I was born. I really didn't say that, but it's like, let's start at the very beginning of me applying to Ball State University. You know, like, I don't, I don't think I was prepared. And I love that idea of knowing exactly, um, like aligning your story with the job as well. I think that would be so impactful when you're looking for a position. Yeah. I just like that. It throws (laughs) the question back on them. No, it, and it's, and it's something that you, because you're the one interviewing for the company it's, it's intimidating, right? You feel like it's, there's this weird kind of power, natural power dynamic where it's like, well, I'm interviewing for this job. But again, it's a mindset that like, this is a two-way street at the end of it. You can say no, Mm -hmm. even if you go through the entire process, you can say no. And companies, I swear on the inside are discussing how can we appeal to more top talent? What, how can we tighten up how we're asking questions. Like I've interviewed some of those interviews that I mentioned, you know, earlier in this interview was, you know, I, I said no, because they just weren't prepared. And, and part of it's oh. like, what, what is this? What is the experience of me interviewing? They don't even know me yet. And, and if, if this experience of going through this interview process is crummy, what's it going to be like working there? Yeah. You know, are they going to be prepared? Are they going to, be prepared for my one-on-one meetings. Are they going to help develop me? Is it going to be a two-way street with my career progression? And so these are all things that you can take note of and take to heart. It's absolutely okay to take to heart because it's, again, they, if they miss out on you, that it's their loss. Mm -hmm. And, and you've got, you can always interview, you know, apply to another spot. So for the interviewer, what are your top questions to ask a candidate when they're coming through? maybe like two or three. Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so many. I think what's key is making them, you know, ha- assigning people questions. Like, you know, m- many times there's like at least three or four. And I, I was with tech recruiting, I hired, um, it was mostly, you know, men in engineering, um, software engineers, systems engineers, manufacturing a little bit when I lived in this, you know, central Valley. But um, 
but we would have no joke, like eight people interview. It was like a full day. It was like a, yeah. an interview extravaganza. It was just like, how are these people taking days off of work for like <laughs> these interviews? Yeah. But, but like I would encourage them to, and I'd sit down with them and assign them questions. Cause nothing's worse than like interviewing with one person. The next person comes in, they ask the same thing. It's like, Oh yes. my God, like, hello. So that would be like, just from a high level, like just sit down with the whole team, make sure that you're asking the right stuff. Um, keep your questions focused on the job at hand. There's many laws nowadays, legal laws. And I don't know, I'm more familiar with Denver and California. Cause that's where we hire most for my day job that is. Yeah. Um, and so though, you know, you can't ask, are you pregnant? Do you have a car? You know, whatever. Are you married? It has to be directly related to the job at hand. So keeping right. it legal is important. And if someone asked me those questions, I think I'd be like, okay, I think I'm going to leave. I, I mean, it's such a weird question to ask anyway. Yes. Yes. Like this isn't coffee. This isn't lunch. Like yeah. this is, what are we here for? Yeah. Um, but I like, I really like questions around, um, noticing people's thought process, noticing the why people do things. So, you know, tell me about a project that you experienced that you learned the most about yourself. You know, um, what kind of mentors do you have in your life? What book are you reading? What books are you reading right now? How are you developing yourself in your career and professional or personal life? Mm -hmm. Um, because those are the things I can't learn from their job description, mm -hmm. like, or from their resume. I can read their resume. I can look them up on LinkedIn. I can read their Twitter, right? If you want to go that far, <laughs> but like, I can get to know what they do pretty easy. I want to know how they show up, who they are. Um, you know, if Another great question is what would your, um, what would your best friend say about you? Like mm -hmm. what kind of advice do people go to you for? Um, and those are things that, that are, I don't know, round out the whole person. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, lunch or coffee, which made me think some interviews you can go to lunch or coffee because they try to make it seem like, oh, we're just going to be friends. We're going to be chit chat and you're going to go with other people and people let their guard down. Do you have any advice for the what seems like maybe a more like laid back interview? Yeah, that's a good question. My when I interviewed for a recruiting agency a while back the process was so long and it was right around Christmas. I was just, I, I'm, after New Zealand, I'd moved back in with my parents. It was right around, like I was the generation of like graduated from 2011. Everyone was moving back in with their parents. And so I was like, I got to get it out of here. So I went to New Zealand, but then I ended up having to move back in with them. And so I was like, kind of slightly frantic, right. To like find a job and stuff. And it was right around Christmas. I went through like four or five interviews. There was two phone screens, two on-sites, a half day, and then a, a lunch. And I was just like, I don't know what more I was kind of, I felt like a towel being squeezed. Like, I don't know yeah. how much more they need to know about me. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because there's some companies that have you take like the disc survey. Yeah. Have you taken that before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like that measures like who you are outside of work and who you are inside. Mm -hmm. And mine are like, the same, like directly the same. And so I always think that's, that's kind of funny. Like to your question, it's like, how do I show up at a lunch still, still be professional. Yeah. And so my, my advice would be prepare questions beforehand, you know, like in your head, just come with some questions that 
you haven't asked before that are about them, like personal questions, but still job related. So like, Mm -hmm. Hey, what's your favorite thing about this job? Like what kind of development do they provide you? Do they have any books that they suggest you read? Like, how do you prepare for, for a solid day of success? Um, do they have a mentorship program asking more about their experience of like day-to-day stuff? Cause again, you can use that time for you to learn more about the team. You know, it's like, Hey, what team building exercises do you do? Is there a lead? Like how have you progressed in your job here? Um, so some of the maybe personal, but still professional focus. Cause it's so easy to be caught. You know, it's like, what are you watching on Netflix? Which (laughs) You know, that's a great chat. And I love talking about that. And of course there's room for that, but just coming with prepared with some of those kind of more professionally focused, slightly personal questions, I think would really help. Yeah. Awesome. So moving on to the next one, preparing physically, what should you bring and why to the interview? Because as you have mentioned to us prior to this episode, it's not just your resume that you should be bringing with you. I know who, who doesn't love a good cliffhanger. <laughs> people are like, what do you mean? It's not just my resume. Um, so I suggest people bring a notepad and paper. And here's why. One of the biggest ways to stand out in an interview is the follow-up. When I first started recruiting, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I'm going to be inundated with thank you notes. <laughs> like I just thought I was going to get a ton, you know? Not, not many at all, you know, in my five plus years of recruiting, maybe five, literally. And so following up is really key. But when, with a notepad, you have it out in front of you and each person that comes in to interview you, you just make a slight note on something that they said that's impactful to you. Maybe they said something about their experience where you were like, wow, that's really neat or something about them personally of what they do day to day that stood out to you. It can even just be like, Hey, I really liked that. That really stood out to me. It doesn't have to be anything like crazy or super detailed, but make a note of it. And what you do is after the interview, you follow up each individually with that person and you say, thanks for your time. Something that really jumped out at me when I was speaking with you was X and you use that particular example I can't tell you how many times that has worked in my favor because it it showcases listening, thoughtfulness, follow-up, interest in the position, and also just the ability to have an individualized approach to your work. And that is something that is just, I mean, I don't know about you, but like even just saying it out loud, it's like, I'd hire that person. Like that's going to make, when they do their debrief and they're, they're meeting up like, Hey, what'd you think of Jessica? They're going to go, well, she sent me a follow up. Me too. Oh, you know, it's like part of it's just the wow factor. Mm -hmm. And so bringing in a notepad and a pen and not being afraid to take a note, like they're taking notes. Why not? Why can't you take a note or two? And on that notepad in the bottom right corner, you can have some of those key questions that you want to ask them because you know, it's just, it's a lot to remember. Take some of the stress off and, um, and come with that notepad and you can have it there, um, with you for, for those two reasons. Yeah, that's great. I love, I love that. I really do. Um, Sarah wrote a thank you now. I just like, you know, bringing out all of Sarah's great qualities about <laughs> interviewing. <laughs> yeah. She really, she really killed it. She well, did a good job. For the thank you notes, when do you send an email follow-up versus the paper, like in the mail follow-up? Because 
that's something that I would struggle with when I was doing interviews. Because I'd be like, will it get there in time if they're, mm. like, making these decisions? Should I just do the email? Because obviously a handwritten note is more thoughtful, more personalized. But if they're making decisions quickly, then... I worry about them not getting that and then thinking that I didn't send them a follow-up through email and that sort of thing. Yeah, I love cards. It's one of my favorite. Like, I am a words of affirmation. It's my love language. Plus, like, writing a book. I love words. I just really love them. And so I would recommend, to your point, writing an email. Um, just, you know, cards are great. They're awesome. Maybe you write them a card when you land the job. Mm -hmm. But but an email, they could be interviewing other people that week. Right, yeah. um, it also showcases like, wow, she's on it. Like she wrote an email. I, I recommend day of like when you get home, but um, you know, if that's not possible, if you're traveling or whatever, like, you know, next day, but, but yeah, I think that goes a long way just with the efficiency of like following up right after. And then also just keeping you top of mind once they do that debrief. Mm -hmm. All right. And so then our last preparing question was preparing mentally. So ways to calm your mind and relax leading up to that interview and honestly debriefing yourself after the interview, I think. Totally. Yeah. I think one of the things that I have leaned on a lot is essential oils. And, you know, it's kind of a hot topic right now <laughs> in terms of there's oils popping up everywhere at TJ Maxx, at Costco, all yeah. this stuff. It's it's a little bit, um, you know, it's like, it's trendy, right? But it's yeah. really important to use certified, pure, therapeutic grade so that you can really use them as a holistic route. Mm -hmm. And so I sell essential oils. I'm a doTERRA rep. There's three oils that I recommend and, and they're in a super cute mini intro kit for like 25 bucks or something. It's on my website. We can link to it. Um, but the, there's three are lemon. It's the oil of focus. Lemon is going to help energize you mentally. It's going to bring you mental clarity um, and help you with just being alert. Oil or the lemon also helps clear self-judgment and cal calms fears and restores confidence in self. So it can be a great one to diffuse in the morning of your interview. You could also put a drop in your hand, rub them together and just take a couple deep breaths in your car before you go in. Um, if you have a hard time getting up in the morning, like it's a great, sometimes I'll just like kind of mosey onto my little oil thing. You know, I have a shelf on my wall and just take some deep breaths of lemon. Another one is in the intro pack is lavender. Lavender is a fan favorite. Um, it's very calming and relaxing. And it's also from an emotional standpoint, the oil of communication. And so this can really aid in verbal expression. And so when you're thinking about interviewing, all it is is verbal. And so this can be a great one that maybe you put on um, your pulse points or, or on your ears and give your you know, earlobes a little bit rub for, for calming, for grounding, but also to help with that communication piece. And then finally, in this intro kit is peppermint, which is the oil of an abundant heart. Um, it helps with optimism, and it's also very energizing. And what I like about this little intro kit is that they, you can diffuse them all together. They're, they're, they're great blended together. You can use them um, aromatically through your diffuser, like I mentioned, in, a, in your hand, in your palms, taking a deep breath that way. And you can also 
drink them internally. So the benefit of having therapeutic grade essential oils that are tried and true, hundred percent pure, just from the plant is, you know, you can put a drop of lemon in your water and you, you know, it saves on convenience. You don't have to cut the lemon and all that. <laughs> um, so those are all, those are really great tools that help support from a physical and mental standpoint, because when you're interviewing, you're showing up as the whole person, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's really a package deal. And so it's important to align how you feel, how you show up along with some of these examples that you're sharing and showcasing. And I found, I found that having a natural option to lean on has really helped me not only in interviewing, but just showing up as my best self at work every day. Yeah, that's so true. Mm -hmm. As we wrap up, I would love to know what you see as the most common misstep people make in their career search and how they can avoid it. I would say two things, um, impatience, um, impatience being trying to, what's that saying? Like boil an ocean or something. Um, like say you're unhappy in your job and, and you, you know, there's going to come a point. Well, you, you've probably heard the whisper within, right? That little voice of wisdom within that said, God, this just isn't right. Like this, this doesn't fit anymore. I'm not happy here. I'm not happy here. Um, and so there's going to come a tipping point where it's like the, the discomfort and that feeling is going to overtake your ability to perform at the job. And so you're going to switch on into, I need to find a job quickly. And so you're going to apply, 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 do all this work. You're going to rush the process. You're not going to be methodical and thoughtful about some of the things that we talked about. And you, that impatience may cause you to get land a job that isn't the right fit again. So mm-hmm. impatience is, is probably another one. And secondly, I've mentioned this kind of throughout, but is not understanding your own value and worth like, and, and keeping the ball in their court, you know, it's in the interviewers in the company's court. Um, because whether you, maybe you're graduating from college and you've never had, maybe you've never had a job. Maybe you've never had you know a job that pays you. It doesn't mean you haven't had work experience. You know, it's like reframing your mindset. Like work experience is anytime you've had to work on a team, get something done, like um, complete something, figure something out, like, you know, all of those things. And so really getting clear on the value that you bring in the skills that you've learned and who you are, how you work and what it's like to work for you, work with you is really key. That's what I'd say. That was awesome. So Sarah, what's your biggest takeaway from all of this interview stuff? I feel like I learned so much. I don't know how I'm going to be able to pick just one thing that I learned, but hold on, I'm looking back through all the repairs. I really liked when we talked about the preparing the what. So looking at the entire job description, picking out different things and really thinking about what you've done that applies to that job description, even if you don't have the exact experience they're looking for, the exact skill, you might have a skill set that relates to it or a position that is lateral or something to that nature. Yeah, I feel like mine is very similar. It's all about feeling like the self-worth of it and knowing that 
you're good enough for the job that you're interviewing for. If you're interviewing for it, they believe in you. They think that you'd be good at this job. So don't go in thinking, oh, I'm not going to get the job. Or they're looking at so many people. How could I be offered this job? I think having that confidence when you go in is so huge. Mm -hmm. And just knowing who you are is a great quality, I mean, in life in general, but also for interviewers. That's what I liked. Well, thanks for being on. We will put all of your links on our show notes page and any other tidbits that Jessica think would be interesting to our viewers about um, interview tips. But thanks for being on. We really enjoyed this. We learned a ton. Yeah, thanks. Just one more thing, too. If people are like, how do I put this into action? Yes. In my book, it's titled Your 20s. There's a whole section on career. And there's three chapters about building a brand, taking the fast lane, and also, um, you know, going, you know, the five key things to to be successful um, in your career. It's a great resource with a lot of practical advice that we went over today. Um, So I just want to offer that as a resource for people too. But this was so fun. Sigma cap all the way. (laughs) So fun. Thank you for having me. We'll have to do this again sometime. Thank you.